0: Welcome to the Third City Christian Church Podcast. This week's message is Here For It, Part One, God Is Here For Us, recorded Sunday, May 16th, 2021. If you have a story about how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending an email to podcast at thirdcityc.org. Now here's Scott with today's message. Well, those of you who have been to Vegas, you know that there are people on the strip who are very colorful, very, very eclectic um, a wide variety of people, probably people mainly on the extreme ends of of life. you know, on Fremont street that that's the strip, I think. Well, there are people who offer all kinds of flyers and and you know things that none of us should ever think about doing, okay? <laughs> but there's also another kind of messenger out there, and you'll see them that's the street preachers. And, and oftentimes the street preachers are are not are not bringing about what I would say is a positive message about the gospel what they're trying to let people know is that what happens in Vegas doesn't stay in Vegas and as a matter of fact that most of their message is that God just can't wait to swat you like a fly so go ahead and do it that's kind of how they come across so uh, one of the guys who who's a regular holds up a sign it's kind of like this one WWJD, and at first glance, you're like, well, that's fair, you know, warning a person that, and giving them the idea that, you know, you should think about what would Jesus do when you're, when you're in Vegas. Maybe that would stop you from doing some things you shouldn't do, but that's not what the sign really says. If you look at the, at the captions in his sign, the message is, who would Jesus destroy? Now, granted, I am a guy who spends about 99% of my time with Christian people like you. So, uh, you know, I I went to a conference for preachers in Vegas. There's actually a great Christian church in Henderson, Nevada, which is, you know, a suburb of Las Vegas. And it was hosted by this church. But anyway, I, I go to Vegas. I get off the plane. I hadn't been there for a long time. And I was pretty shocked. By the kinds of things that were right in my face, you know, all these people, these sketchy people, handing out coupons to who, who knows what? I mean, and it's pretty disturbing. But I will say that I was probably even more disturbed by the attitude of those who were proclaiming Jesus with their signs, because I, I feel like the message was really repulsive. And, you know, it was things like, you know, you think 110 degrees in Vegas is hot, wait till you get to hell. That's kind of the, that's the way it was coming across. Now, to be clear, I I think there's a reason to warn people about dying without God, without Christ. I mean, we, we have that ministry to warn people of what's coming without Jesus if their eternity is met without him. But too often, I think the church is known more for what it's against than what it's for. And so that guy who shouts down all the sinners with this sign, unfortunately, that's the impression that many people have about the church in general. And that's why people won't go to a church in general, because they feel like the church exists to drub into people a negativism about their life and you know, if that's what Christians are like, if, if the church is more concerned about me going to hell than anything else in, in my life, then I'm not interested in that. Is that what they're for is the question. Now, uh, I know a few people like that who reject the church, people who are rejecting the church because they see the church as an anti-message place, and, and you probably know some people too. Some of them are younger people who are being fed this narrative about the church and Christianity that somehow the church is history's hate core. And that disturbs me because it's simply not true. Some are people who have been hurt by a church. And so because they're wounded, they don't want to experience that again. Who would? And so they just stay away. Some are people who have wrecked their lives because of choices they've made. And so they then believe it's too late for them. They think that, you know, that God's already written them off, so why bother? They're far beyond God's love. And what I wish they could see is what I see in in the body of Christ, in the church, what the church has to offer. Because this hurting world is waking up after a pandemic, and yet all over social media, all over the news and even in their workplaces, they are hearing the message that the church is the anti-place. And it's that the church is the hateful place. Now here at Third City, we want to put a different message out there, a message that offers love unlimited. And you hear us talk about that. You see it in our captions. You see it in our, in our logos. But, but we want to let the hurting world know that we are here for it. And the it is to share God's love. That's why we're here. But but people do have all kinds of misconceptions about the church. I mean, the church is full of people who are holier than thou. And the church is loaded with people who just, it's a certain moral ethical standard, and then if you don't fit in that, you don't belong. Or it's people who are looking for an advantage in life, and they see the church as a good breeding ground to sell something you know sell their product or to connect with people now that is not my experience of the church it just isn't but uh, to me it's like i know everybody else i know everyone else in the church and it's not those people what about everyone else whose lives have been devastated by their own sin and by the sins of others, and who came into fellowship with Jesus, and the church recovered and restored them. What about them? What about everyone else who has found that Jesus' love brings hope and life into their dead existence? That's everyone else to me. What about everyone else who felt isolated and alone, but found friendship and companionship with people who have the same dream for life that they do, a life of freedom, and a life of hope. The fact is that the everyone else is most of us, that we are people who struggle with life. We're people who struggle with temptation. Let's be real about it. We're trying to overcome the hurts and the habits and the hang-ups that mess up our lives. We are people looking for community and support. We're looking for, for help because we, we recognize that without each other, we we can't really survive, not, not as not in the level that we should. Now, are there people who come to church who are holier than thou? Don't point any fingers, but there might be a couple around. I mean, are there people who think of themselves as better than others? Yeah, probably. Are there people who see church, especially a church our size, as a stepping stone for influence so they can sell whatever product they got rolling at the time? Yeah. I imagine there might be a couple of those around. But, but before we can understand what the is that the church is for, we need to step back and ask a key question. And I would say that the people who are struggling with church are somehow skipping over this question. And the question is, who is God for? Who is God for? Now, that little word, for, I want you to focus on that word with me for a while. Romans 8 is written by Paul, who was the apostle he describes as the least of the apostles because he was not one who actually walked in life with Jesus. he came later and and so he understood the church from a, kind of an outsider 's point of view, if you will and, he, and and what he shows us is that the gospel is not a gospel that 's against people it's for people and so he wants us to understand the church. And he wants to understand what God is for in the church. And so that we can be the kind of church that can reach into this post-pandemic world and say, there's something here for you that God has for you. Who is God for? Now, this is a very volatile time in our world. I think you know this. The Antichrist is working overtime to gin up fear and hatred and finger pointing at every turn. And so what we're hearing a lot of from people and what we're saying a lot of ourselves is, well, here's what I'm against. Uh, And you can fill in the blank of what you're against. And I think a new level of hatred has risen that we've never seen in our lifetime. People rejecting others now over race in ways that maybe we were we'd made some progress, but that seems to be erased. How about religion? How about politics? How about medicine even? Now, at first glance, those who are leading the charge, they might have had good motives. I mean, all of us should fight against racism. Every person in this room, if you call yourself a Christian, we should be on the front lines whenever racism crops up to say, that's wrong, and that's certainly not what God's all about. But the movement that has created the violence, I don't know if it started out that way, but it got hijacked by people with nefarious motives, And then there are people who have status and hold power who don't want to give up that power, so certainly they're going to push back. And that's what happens in the world when these things come up. The problem for all of us is the suspicion and disunity that it creates in our lives. So we have to ask, where does Jesus stand in this? Because that's where we should stand. And so realize that Paul, when he wrote from Romans 8, He was writing to a city and a people who believed that the blessing of health and wealth and happiness, those were blessings from the gods. That if you had health and wealth, you were being blessed by the gods. And if you were, you know, a person who was poor and wrecked, and maybe you were a slave in that culture, there were about 70% of the people who lived in that culture were slaves, that God was against you, the gods. Now, on the other hand, if, 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 if you were, you know, if you were, if you were rolling, so to speak, God is for you. That was the viewpoint. And I would say that's still common today. So he wrote things like this in Romans chapter 8, 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So he's simply saying, no matter what life is dishing out to you, know that God is for you he's here for you. He wants to accomplish good no matter what. Verse 31, what shall we say then in response to these things? If God is for us, then who can be against us? So it's a rhetorical question. He's saying if you've joined God in life, then there's nothing that will ever you know, push against you that he can't handle for you. He's for you. He's, you know, it's rhetorical. It's like what Isaiah 54, 17 says, how we have hope against whatever happens to us, this is what Isaiah writes, no weapon forged against you will prevail and you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and this is their vindication from me, declares the Lord. God is for you. That word for, that little word means he's in favor of you. He's in favor. And if he's in favor of you, then what can oppose you? And by the way, this isn't prosperity theology. Paul isn't being all sugary. Paul is not the sugary kind of guy. That's not the way he rolled. He's he's real. He's he's an honest person. He, He went through great struggle in his own life. So he is not downplaying the smackdown of life. What he's trying to show us is that no matter what life does to us, God is with us and getting us through it. That word for is descriptive of us. What someone asks you, when someone asks you what you're for, it usually describes something you're passionate about. So like, I'm for my wife, you know, whatever she's doing, I'm for that. I want to support her. I'm for her. I'm for my grand boys. I mean, I'm, I'm not ashamed of being for my grand boys. I mean, I go watch them at a concert or a baseball game or something. I notice the other kids. I try to cheer for all the little kids, at least I do now. When they turn middle school, they become kind of adversarial. But for now, it's like, yeah, I cheer for them. But, but you know, when it's my kid, my grandkid, it's like, I'm for that kid. I'm watching every move they make, you know. The poor kid got me beaten over his head like that. But anyway, I got that going. I'm for Mexican food. I'm for American food. I'm I'm for Chinese food. As a matter of fact, you can tell I'm for a lot of kinds of food. And my doctor is for me not eating that food as much. But we have different views on that. But anyway, uh, what I'm for matters. I'm for the end of racism. Are you? Absolutely. Is that good for anyone? No. Without question, I believe Jesus is the one who breaks down racial barriers. I'm for that, and we should be too. I'm for it. I'm for a church that exists for people of all ages, all races, all ethnic, all social, economic backgrounds. And I believe that that is Jesus' vision for humanity. I'm for it. And you know what? I'm woke to that. Again, I'm woke to the fact that we need to bring Jesus into a broken, sick world. And we're here for that purpose. Let's read on in Romans 8. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. That means that you know, no one can stand before God before the throne of God and make any case against you that will stick because you have an advocate at the throne of God making your defense for you. That's what Jesus is doing. He's making your case. Remember that God's love of the world, he gave Jesus to the world so that whoever believes in him can have everlasting life. No matter who you are, no matter what got you to this point in life, you need to know that he's for you. And he wants to stand with you. And you have to let him do that. That's your choice. Now down the street from the Vegas street preacher with the message, Who Would Jesus Destroy? There's a church called The Verb. People of The Verb did a cool thing. They, they bought a strip club and they turned into a church. And so they have this great presence right there on Fremont Street. Vince, the preacher... Just didn't want that message that that guy was shouting out close to his church to go unnoticed. And he wanted to give a different kind of message. And so uh, he would bring his own sign. They, They would go stand right by this guy with the who would Jesus destroy message. And they would hold up this sign. And they put duct tape across their mouth. And you can see what this sign says. It says, who does jesus love and so it's they, they they just wanted people to know there's a different message out there and i think that that's i guess what i'm trying to say about third city is we want to make sure that no matter what the world's telling people about the message of the church we want to be the church that's asking the question and want and we want people to ask this question themselves who does jesus love who does Jesus love? And then they, they hand out a brochure, and I'm just going to show you what it says, read it to you. They don't talk, but they give out this brochure. It says, it is very common to find street preachers here on Fremont Street loudly declaring who God hates. There's a problem with that, and the problem is that God loves. The Bible says that God is love and that he sent his son not to condemn us, but to love us. The truth is that God loves homosexuals, gamblers, strippers, abortionists, prostitutes, addicts and you and so we apologize for anything you've ever heard that would lead you to believe otherwise the reason they spread that message of hate is because there is power in hate but we have chosen the way of Jesus the way of love because we find it far more powerful than hate we have taped our mouth shut as a symbolic way of offsetting the verbal abuse you may have heard in the past and may hear tonight this is the message of Jesus. This is the message of Paul in Romans 8. Despite your past, despite what brought you here, wherever you're coming from today, whether you're way out there in the, in the world and joining us online, or you're in Broken Bow at the seats there, or you're right here in this room. Whatever you think the message of God is, you need to know that God loves you, God forgives you, and God's here for you. He's here for it. He's here to share his love. Let me finish out Romans chapter 8. Some of the verses there. And if, you know, if you're in a place where you can close your eyes, you're not driving down the road, just close your eyes and listen to this. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword as it is written? For your sake we face death all day long. We're considered a sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor death, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the message. That's what God wants us to know from him. There's nothing that you ever did that will ever make you stop Love God, make God stop loving you. That's my sign. It's the big, big letter sign. Look at all those letters. There's nothing that you ever did that will ever make God stop loving you. You have to explain that one. That's going to take some time. Here, I'll just leave it there. You're to have to look at that for a while, right? God is for us. And he needs a church that gets that message out. That's what we need to be. That's the mindset that we take into this world. Now, next week, we're going to take it a little further. We're going to talk about the church and why we're here in a deeper sense. We're here for Grand Island. We're here for Broken Bow. We're here for, for the region. We're here for St. Paul and Shelton and Wood River and Alda and Donovan and, you know, central wherever God takes us, we're here for you. We're here for central Nebraska. We're here for the great state of Nebraska. We are here for our neighbors. We're here for our neighbors in Uganda and Kenya. We are here for you. That's why we're here. We're here for it. We're here for the gospel. Lord, as we commune together, we do so in unity because this is a unity movement. It's a movement that you created where people come together for the purpose of loving others the way you love us. This meal, this, this reminder is what love costs. Love always comes with a price. Lord, for each one of us, we have to decide what we're willing to pay so that we can love others, so we can be here for it. Lord, show us the way. Amen. For 54 years, uh, this church has existed to hold up a sign... To lost and broken people, to remind them of God's love for them. And I will, I'm just gonna tell you right up front we are not perfect unless something Jesus does in us makes us so. And you don't have to be something you're not to come here. You don't have to be right with God before you fit in here. You don't have to have it all together to be here with us together, to be okay. Our hope is that by you being here, God will show you whatever it is that he needs you and him to work out. And there's gonna be some stuff. I'll be honest with you. He's been working stuff out of me for now 62 years. But he's transforming me. And I'm a work in progress. And so are you. Now this week, we talked about who God is for. Next week, we're going to talk about who Third City is for and go a little deeper in this message. We want to be the church that is known not for what we are against, but rather for what we're for. I hope you'll be a part of that. Thanks for listening to the Third City Christian Church Podcast. And please join us for one of our worship services at 9, 10, 15, or eleven thirty a.m. in Grand Island and at ten fifteen a.m. in Broken Bow on Facebook Live and at thirdcityc.online.church each Sunday. For more information about Third City Christian Church, send email to podcast at thirdcityc.org, call us at 308-384-5038, or visit us online at thirdcityc.org.